Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massingale. I'm joined by two of the most iconic voices in motorsport, Jonathan Green here in the studio with me, and from the Varsha com- Broadcast Campus in Atlanta, <laughs> the voice of all American F1 fans know and love, Bob Varsha. Hey, Bob, it's been about three weeks since I've seen you, so I guess what, since uh, the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing, well, now, <laughs> I'm doing a lot better. I came home from the Nashville IndyCar weekend where I worked on the SRO race <clears throat> and came home with a bug that has taken me about two weeks to shake, but I'm a lot better than I was this time a week ago. Thanks well, for asking. Well, tonight, we've, we, as usual, we're being talking Formula One and all sorts of motorsports, but because Mr. Green... Spent the weekend shipping champagne and nibbling on caviar. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. I right. may have got a sandwich once <laughs> once in, the, in a yeah. moment. But going back to Nashville, wasn't that a great event, Bob? It was horrible and humid and wet and rainy. But, boy, they're pulling it off. I mean, they've got to start all over again because they're moving the Titan Stadium. Uh, and now they're yep. going to take it down Broadway, which is going to be interesting to see a bunch of bachelorettes taking on um, the IndyCar <laughs> drivers <laughs> and a bunch of bars with blues pouring out of them. But Oh, no! Oh, oh man! Yeah, they have momentum on their side. I mean, yeah. IndyCar is obviously behind them. They want to hold their final event, their season-ending banquet there, which sounds like a great yeah. idea there in the home of country music. Um, <laughs> I'm reminded of my old Formula E colleague, Jack Mickles, who came two years ago to uh, to walk around and yes, get I saw to him. know Nashville. Yeah, I saw yeah. Him. And I, I, I said to him, well, what did you think? Did you go down to uh, to Broadway? And he said, yes. And I have to say, I have never seen so many people dressing the way they were, but not ironically. <laughs> and but he would have All said the it cowboy like, hats "Yes, I really enjoyed it, but I, I I was quite surprised to see them not dressed ironically." <laughs> uh, that's with all the cowgirls. Yeah, yeah I know. Exactly. It is uh, a bit of a caricature, isn't it? That's funny. It is, but uh, it's fun. Yeah. Well, I was talking about Jonathan being out at Monterey. Yes. And we're going to hear mm-hmm. all about the classic race cars on track. Wow, and Bob's all done the it many times. Yeah, too, yeah. And Bob's done it too. And uh, there was the auctions, yep. the, the at least three auctions, I guess, if you count the Meekum. Oh, no. The, yeah, six, but, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Between I, me I and Bob, we've got both sides covered because he does the good stuff, the champagne swigging <laughs> stuff. Well, yeah. I know he doesn't do that. But I mean, the auctions and the Pebble Beach concourse d'elegance all that kind of stuff and i do the sort of nitty-gritty end of the weekend sort of racing where they come up and you see some fabulous cars that have either been auctioned that oh, yeah. year or years before but uh, we go through the the entire history it's wonderful absolutely yeah. wonderful yeah it really is a spectacular event 
And with regard to the auctions in particular, it's got to be the biggest event mm. this side of auction week in January in Scottsdale, Arizona, where they all gather because the money's in town. Yeah. And that's when yeah. all the big auctions, all the RM Sotheby's and the, uh, um, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, oh, there's there are multiple auctions you mean? And, like, anyway, yeah. Make him yeah. uh, Gooding. But, but, Mecham Gooding is the name I was That's trying right, to yeah. think of. You know, the, the really sharp guys. And of course, Barrett Jackson. Yeah. Just thousands upon thousands of cars from the sublime to the ridiculous. And uh, that's all over Monterey as well. Well, just to give you an idea, uh, and Bob, you're aware of this, there were at the racetrack for the weekend, 400 entry cars. Now, not 400 drivers, because several drivers take two or three cars. Right, yeah. But 400 cars entered and, you know, given the stamp of approval, 200. And that's told, in the racing, though. Yeah, on track. In the racing, yes. on track in 14 yeah. different groups. There were 200, so 600 cars in all applied, that were told, sorry, can't fit you in this yeah. year. Wow. And yeah. they and that most yes. of them would, would have been homologated and, you know, true to the authenticity, which is required yeah. for those events to go on. Yeah. So that just tells and you how tough it is. It's a real gathering of the clans. And we're not talking about supercars or, mm -mm. you know, Indy 500 winners or that kind of stuff. There are, you know, brass era antiques and all kinds of stuff going around the racetrack. If you're if you're into the history of the automobile, boy, it, it is there in spades. It's the kind of event where if you took your daughter, for example, you know, she's at an age now where she might be interested in learning what, you, what interests you. In one day, you could take it to a 1908, uh, yeah. Ford, Ford Packard, or a Packard, or uh, I don't know, an Indy Racer, a steam or, car, or whatever, kind of. Yeah. But but because yeah. uh, the rack time guys are out there, our first car on track was uh, an early Grand Prix 1927 Bugatti, all <laughs> the way through to that Gordon Murray 2023, and right. the new and the new Corvette and the new E Ray. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I um, I remember doing a feature on a car. It was uh, uh, a um, Alfa Romeo. 8C, you know, whatever it was. It was an ex um, Nuvolari race-winning Grand Prix car. <laughs> you know, and I and I stood there and I looked at this thing and all the hand craftsmanship that went into it. And I and I choked up. I thought, you know, wow. Nuvolari has been gone for decades, but here's the car. It's huh. still here. Yeah. And that's yeah. true. You know, Good go point. up and down the rows and, and guys like Jonathan and John, you know, you can look at car after car and mm. say, I remember that car when it was a winner. I remember a race in which they did this. I remember who drove that car. You know, it's just such a a huge dream come true just to walk around and walk down memory lane and see all these cars. Well, lovingly observed. Yeah. yeah, and and this year we had something that I've been dreaming of for a while, which is Can-Am and Formula 5000, two different groups. So we had something like 20 Formula 5000. Interestingly enough, and Bob will back me up here, you always think of 5000 as an American championship. Well, it wasn't. It was a worldwide championship. And there were like five or six entries from Australia and New Zealand I, I, who brought their cars over. I was really listening to that because yes. I didn't know Can-Am very well. And I was yeah. like, I wanted to hear the history of yeah, it. Yeah. I didn't really know the history well, of Zach Brown... This is interesting. Zach Brown, I know. Zach Brown drove a <laughs> Formula One car that he owns, which yes. is an Alan Jones winning World Championship F07 yep. uh, B. Yep. Big and flat billiard, billiard board looking thing. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, but it's his car, yeah. which always seems odd because he's the CEO of McLaren. But he also drove Bruce McLaren's first Can Am car, all bright orange, uh, papaya orange, Maybe that's obviously. That's the one I was. That was the M8D. That's the one. Yeah. So wonderful. And. 
Did you see the picture floating around the internet today? Yes. I think Zach posted it of Zach sitting with Jim Farley from Ford. Yes. We had we... one Adrian Newey wearing a McLaren cap <laughs> sitting there having dinner with these guys. Now, if that's not going to set off, I know it's wagging all over Formula One. I don't know what will. Well, it was I, very I, funny when I got the entry list and I saw Adrian was coming. I was like, oh, I wonder what he's going to drive. And I was like, duh, he's going to drive a GT40, <laughs> his own. <laughs> yes. Of course he's, he's going to drive a Ford. great cars. Yep. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. And in fact, I um, I clicked it. And before I even read the headline, and I saw Adrian Newing wearing, wearing a McLaren hat. And I was like, Hang on a minute. And then I looked across the table and saw Zach Brown wearing a Red Bull hat. I was like, okay. I yeah, see they what, swapped hats. I see yeah, what got happened. Got it now. Yeah. <laughs> Too much fun. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was, uh, and Zach Brown just kind of like, you could just feel the, the, like, I'm ruling the roost right now because McLaren's doing so good and he's doing so good in IndyCar and he's driving those cars. Well, <laughs> well, it, except, that, that, well then, yeah, except for the story we're going to well, talk about later tonight. Yeah. About Alex Pelot. Yeah, yeah that's a different so well story. Then. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, uh, it, they're sell- so uh, just to put some footnotes, uh, McLaren's celebrating 60th. Uh, their 60th anniversary this year uh, since Bruce McLaren formed the company. Uh, And Corvette were there as the centerpiece to celebrate 70 years of Corvette. Yes, I noticed that I watched the beginning of the Concours d'Elegance at Pebble Beach that came on at like (laughs) 3 o'clock Austin time. Mm -hmm. And they they started off and they had the the beautiful scenery and they said, "And, and celebrating anniversaries this weekend. And I was going, oh yeah, Corvette too. And they went, McLaren 60th, Lamborghini 60th, Porsche 75th. No mention at that oh, particular event. Whoa. Well, it's not really a Corvette event. No, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I just thought it was funny that they didn't. Mention I mentioned that. you to the Corvette guys. Oh, did you? Well, because really? I said, you know, when you come to America for the first time, when you grow up in England, you don't, you, nobody talks about yeah. well, what does it get to the wheel. You know, what, what do yeah. I, what kind of, what are you getting there? You know, nobody yeah. talks about the power of the of the engine and how many horsepower you're going to get because we 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 grew up with minis and escorts. Come yeah. on, you know, it's all small displacement. So no one cares. It's all about styling and, and elegance and, oh, that beautiful Italian machine. And listen to the well, roar of that Ferrari. Right. It's all right there in the name. Concours d'Elegance. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a car that has that special something. Doesn't mean it'll go 10 zillion miles an hour. Yeah. Doesn't mean it costs 10 zillion dollars. It's just a car that you look at and it speaks to you. And that's what the judges are asked to find in each of the classes that they judge. Where's the car that speaks to everybody? And it's a, it's great fun, I have to say. One thing that I love, a kind of footnote again, was it, when you when you start getting, you know, when you spend time over in Monterey and you get to know the real history because uh, Laguna Seca didn't open until 57, mm-hmm. so it was an interesting period. I learned that when, during yeah, your broadcast. Yeah, when, when, when tracks <laughs> were being made, like Road America and Watkins Glen and so on mm-hmm. and so forth, because we, up until that point, it was Sebring and many other airfields. Sebring's still going, right. but most of the other airfields disappeared, except Sebring, which is ironic. But anyway, uh, the the first winner of a race in Pebble Beach and in um, uh, Monterey was actually a Jaguar imported from the UK, but driven by one Phil Hill you may have heard of. Yeah. <laughs> the Pebble Beach Road Races. Oh, wait a Pebble minute. Beach this was 1957? No, 1950. Oh, okay. They ran five years of races before around. Before the track. Yeah, before the track was built. Okay, because when you said 57, I was thinking about the 1957 Jag- Jaguar XKSS. Yes, which was a super lightweight 
And uh, one of those yeah, sold. Yeah, that was a very special car. Yeah, mm-hmm. a really yeah. unique car. And one of those sold but, at the auction, one of the auctions out there, I think it was South, uh, Sotheby's, Sotheby's or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, for $13 yeah. million. But you and, talk about the fact that it's not all big stars, you know, which it isn't. Uh, you're certainly mm-hmm. not racing driver stars. But for example, Aaron Shelby was there. You know, uh, Tatum, uh, if you know your, your historic racing, the son of the, 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 the maker of the Tatum car was there. And these are all specials that were kind of built it here in California and around America yeah. that, that were either copies or amalgamations. And, of course, there was Cobras there, which, of course, is the opposite, which is a, a, a amalgamation of a British car, an AC and a yeah. Cobra yeah. from Shelby. Did uh, you know that the first year they ran both the Pebble Beach Road races and the Concour, and one followed the other by a few years, Phil Hill completed the sweep. He won the road oh, race, wow. huh. and then a car that he had restored won the Concour. So, you know, he, he swept up the girl and the check and the trophy and put his cars <laughs> on the trailer. <laughs> See ya, folks. That's, That's one brilliant. of my favorite Phil Hill stories. But it. you're right, uh, Jonathan, that this is when racetracks were being built mainly because the road races that preceded them were killing people. Yeah, they were. Watkins Glen, Road America, Monterey. You know, you just can't run on public roads when the cars get to a certain danger level. Yeah. And so it was. All right. Well, let's get a quick break in. And when we come back, we have a little more to talk about. We're going to talk about what car we would buy at one of these uh, auctions if we had a million bucks. Oh. Listen, you're starting out with Speed City (laughs) back after this. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. And when I went to the break, I did forgot to tease something because we have a couple of interviews that Jonathan got while we were while he was out in Monterey. We're going to hear from. Um, well, it's actually my cohort got got the interview. Oh, that's right. I was well, stuck in the booth. He was, he was doing a good job for you, by yeah, the way. Kevin yeah, Kevin Harris, lovely, lovely man. Yeah, and so uh, let's see, which are those, Jonathan? Uh, uh, got- well, I've got I, the, I, the one I really like is Peter Brock. Um, oh, he's uh, talking about the, it's the split well, because one of the first things you uh, taught taught me was the split screen Corvette of nineteen sixty three. Split window, I yeah. mean, um, uh, uh, yeah, split window of nineteen sixty three, and and you got all excited about it, and I was like, well, what what what's the significance? Because I mean, obviously, I love a Corvette, I love it. I was like, well, they only did it for one year, and I was like, aha, uh-huh. <laughs> and know, I didn't and that, really know. And yeah. most people, that's where most people stop, and so this was a chance for me to learn and for our audience to learn um, yeah. who penned it, who kind of came up with it, and the story behind why it was only made. For one year, and interestingly enough, it wasn't the big bosses of Corvette that said, "Oh, we've got this great idea." It was an intern. Huh. Well, you know what? Let's just let's play that one now, and we'll come back to our our uh, auction uh, dream cars. Here's Kev Harris, uh, the man that started all with the famous split window all those years ago. It was it was 1957, Peter. I understand yeah, you're totally. an you're an intern at GM. That's correct. You're downstairs in a little office that nobody really knows about, and somebody walks in that office and says, "Can someone design me a car?" And the rest is history. Well, Bill Mitchell had just taken over as director of styling. And, of course, the whole Corvette program had been canceled by General Motors because there was an agreement with the American Manufacturers Association. They were all going to quit racing. Mitchell Mitchell was a car guy with gasoline in his veins. He said, no way. We're going to continue the car. So they couldn't do the project upstairs in the official Chevrolet studio. So he came down where the interns were working, where I was, and uh, there were three of us down there, and he explained what he wanted to do, laid out some pictures. He'd seen some cars that influenced him from the Deterrent show. And uh, he selected my work off the wall. And uh, we've got the original sketch done in 1957, and the car has not changed hardly a line. It took six years from that sketch to the time it was finally done. And that says a lot for the power of Bill Mitchell to, to stay in that direction and also for the... Uh, the timelessness of the design. So the design is, uh, has become a real classic and it's fantastic that to be a, a part of it under Bill Mitchell. Absolutely, I mean, what a great story as well. And just, just cast your mind back to that time. You said there was three of you down there in that office as interns. Yeah, yeah. The other two guys, I mean, was it a friendly environment? Was there a bit of competitive rivalry oh, yeah, or yeah. how was we it? We were all top designers, uh, great guys. And uh, we were all worked together on the project. And, of course, you know, when they put the stuff up on the wall, Mitchell walked around and he, he liked what I had done to, 
and that that turned out to be the direction that we went at that point he gave me the uh, direction to do the thing full size and clay and at that point then i got to refine it even more and that was very interesting because i designed it without the split window in it so the car was completely done and mitchell came in and said you know i want to split the window on it so we split the window on it at that point zora dunsolf came in and said what is this we cannot have this this is stupid you know so he got in a big fight with mitchell over the split window and finally mitchell threw him out of styling said you go back to engineering this is styling this is my car i'm going to do it the way i want so zora went to ed cole who was the vice president for chevrolet complained about it so cole brought mitchell and Zora Dunsop sat him down, and they both argued what they were going to do. And he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. He says, he says, Bill, he says, I know how important it is aesthetically to have that split window. We're going to let you have that for one year, and then we're going to put a single window in the back like Zora wants. So that's why we have the split window on only one year, because it was Bill Mitchell's aesthetic design to do it that way. What a fantastic yeah. story. And yeah. I, I don't know if many people know that, but yeah. I mean, for one year, and then it's become such an icon. Yeah. Um, and what's it like for you, Peter, when you walk across the way to that Corvette awning over there, and there's all different generations of Corvettes lined up right up to the brand new one that's part electric, part internal combustion engine now. What's it like for you as a designer to look across that heritage of vehicles? Well, it's incredible because seeing it, the, the whole thing, from the, because of the Mitchell era started the real yeah. Corvette thing. Obviously, Harley Earl started with the 53 stuff, but. But the real Corvette came in with Zora Duntoff and Bill Mitchell and a great set of engineering and design. And it kept getting better and better and better. And to be, you know, uh, remembered as part of the beginning of that whole tradition of great Corvettes, uh, it's been a real honor, just a tremendous thing. And uh, so I see what they're doing now. It's probably the best engineered car in the world, you know, and uh, to be able to go out in the dealership and buy that car for about one third of the highest price supercars in the world, it's really an honor. Huh. Yeah, Bob. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, that that, uh, you know, it's it's go ahead. It, that's not a real rare phenomenon that uh that we, we were just listening to the, the idea of a one year only yeah because in uh, four years later in 1967 the corvette had what was known as the stinger hood which was a, mm -hmm. a, a beautiful hood scoop with a sort of spearhead going out the yep. front one year only 67 that's a dead giveaway as to what you're looking at mm, amazing and i love know, stories like that though i know that's a fantastic and hearing it, it from the horse's mouth is, you know yeah, all those beautiful um, concept cars that were developed, a lot of them from clay models, as we just heard, um, were crushed. They wouldn't let oh. them out the door, just make them oh, disappear. Yeah, yeah. And a million years ago at Barrett-Jackson, a car came across the block. It was an Oldsmobile, sort of a Corvette clone. It was a two-seat Roadster uh, concept car for Oldsmobile. And the story was that it was slated to be crushed, but a group of guys, and here we go with all the, the you know, cloak and dagger stuff again mm -hmm. at GM, they took it apart <laughs> during their work days, one part after another, got snuck out the back door, 
Ah. They put it together somewhere else. The car existed. It sold for like $2 million or something. And I think it just changed hands again this weekend at uh, at, at Pebble Beach or at one of the associated auctions. So That's I just love right. this kind of stuff. There, there's one of my, love it. One of my favorites is the Chrysler Turbine car that, that escaped. There's like four or something like that. And Jonathan, I don't know if you know this car, but it's a, it's actually powered by a jet engine. <laughs> and, and Chrysler made it. And they they only made like, yeah. well, I don't know, 10 or something, Bob? I don't, I don't remember, but Jay Leno has one. Sammy, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> well, and, and it was not really ready for the road. It, it worked, though. Leno drove his on his show. That's and, wild. But yeah. Well, hell, that, they, they raced turbines at Indianapolis. Yeah, that's true. Lotus. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, I love those. those stories. I actually got a great, I went to the revival of the Nassau Speed Weeks once again, a million oh, years Bahamas, ago. Bahamas, yeah. And yeah, in the Bahamas. And I got a great interview with Zora Arcus Duntoff. Very uh-huh. late in life, but he was just as lively as he could be. Um, he could be, you know, hard-nosed. And then he said, well, you know, we built we built six Grand Sport Corvettes to race around the world, and all 12 of them are here this weekend. Um mm-hmm. And went on with those kinds of jokes. Spent 20 minutes with the guy. Great interview. Couldn't wait to listen back. My cameraman looks at me and says, I didn't get the audio. Oh, <laughs> we no. That's a fire. him at sea. Yes, I, I <laughs> hope so. There's a few audio men down there. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of uh, the first time I ever interviewed Mario Andretti. I had my sound, oh, right. my sound gear all set up. And I went, as I was walking over there, I went, just in case, I grabbed my iPhone and I yeah. hit the record button. I slid it behind yeah. my microphone. Smart move. Smart move. And I had screwed up the good gear, but my iPhone was there. <laughs> Saved my butt. But, yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of Corvettes. Blood Apple. Jonathan, they had at least three of the Serve Corvettes. And the Serve Corvettes were these prototypes. They were, you know, concept cars mm-hmm. that never made it to production. And you know what they were? They were mid-engine Yes. Sound familiar? Yeah. The new C8. They finally did it. They, ex- <laughs> yeah. You know the story now yeah, yeah. after this weekend. But yeah, I was I was looking. In fact, we've got one of those in the clips folder, Casey. Yeah. Uh, that That's the one that I remember that Casey has that we're showing. It was the, uh, it was like around late 80s, early 90s. It was a Serve 3, I think. And um, one of the engines they put in that one was the the Lotus design, Mercury, Mercury Marine built LT5 dual overhead cam 32 valve Corvette engine that nobody knows that was ever made, right? That, that, you know, that all Corvette engines were push rods and two valves. And it, I had a couple of those ZR1s and I even had one at a car show and somebody said, why'd you swap that? Why'd you swap that good old American V8 out for that dual overhead cam? And I was like, no, this came from the factory. But, but yeah, those, <laughs> yeah, that, that actually yeah, happened to me. You. I was like, no, that came with the car. I promise you. But yep. yeah, uh, but little yeah, knowledge is a terrible thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, but you know, speaking of American muscle cars, Jonathan, did you get to see? I know they had it there, and I know you you're you're in the booth. I know you. I'm sure you didn't. But they had the new Mustang GTD there. What they had a. They had something like a, a, a prototype or something, right? Was it there? Is that, is that oh, yeah. It, oh, definitely it was there, yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, we mm-hmm. got an interview with Jim Farley about it, uh, the CEO of Ford, yeah. about it. And he, it was funny because uh, we could have run that and we can run it next week if you like, but we've got that interview with Jim uh, where he basically says, you know, why should we let Aston Martin have all the fun 
we're coming back and we're gonna yeah we're gonna bring this racing and we're going racing back and forward and we're we're gonna bring this new GT3. It's gonna well, be beautiful. That one, Bob. Did your eyebrows raise like mine when you saw the price tag of a Mustang? Yes. <laughs> Honesty compels me to admit three hundred thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money, but I don't know all the details of the car. I haven't seen the performance parameters. I don't know what it's going to do, but. Well, okay, that's still a lot of money. Well, I have I have I have some of that. First of all, it's going to be a 800 plus horsepower. Yeah. Supercharged 5.2 yeah, well. liter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's not it's not all about the horsepower in this case actually, unlike most Mustangs, it is it's a race car. Yeah. You know, it's inspired by yeah. the 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 GT3 car that they're they're putting out right now. And it's got yeah. a, you know, a um, dual clutch automatic, you know, it's got you know racing suspension. It's it's a race car. All yeah, the bells the and whistles. Yeah, I, and right. they're going to put it in IMSA. I mean, they're, they're going racing. Yeah, and I, and I don't. Oh yeah, I don't think that exact car. No, no. But it. But you know, it's kind of the kind of the opposite of what you think of IMSA, where you know some of the especially like GT4 level, where it's a street car. They strip it out and they put race suspension and race you know bespoke everything. Well, this is almost like the opposite. Know, they start with the GT3 car, make it a street car. I mean, Ford's racing history is exceptional, no mm -hmm. question. Yeah. Going all the way back to the turn of the 20th century. But I will say the Mustang, which came to life as a, you know, America's sporty car, although Mike Joy will tell you it was sort of a Susie secretary car at the start because it was a 260 cubic inch engine, kind of gutless, whatever, but cute and fun. And then it got into the performance vein and you went on to the Boss Mustangs and so on. Um, but Ford has not raced the Mustang. And don't start me on NASCAR cup racing and how yeah, those Mustangs. They're not. Yeah, all trans but, You know, <laughs> to race that Mustang uh, is something Ford's never really done. And so I'm delighted to see they're yeah. going to take that car after, what, 60 years of Mustang existence and actually make it into a race car and, you know, go take on the world. I love it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's true. It's funny we hadn't really thought about it, but that but that's a really good point. You think of the Mustang has been their, you know, their their highest performing car for the street outside of the the GT, mm -hmm. the GT forty and the GT. You think why wouldn't they have ever raced that? But yeah, about time, right? Yeah. All right, let's get a, a quick break in. When we come back, we got some Formula One stories. We got some uh, Formula One slash Indy car stories that we're going to talk about. You're listening to Sunny Night with Speed City. Back after this. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been 
my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Bob, you know where I learned about the Citroën Doshivo? On nope. Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Ah, I think, I think good they, place to learn. I think the comedian was the French comedian Gad. I can't, I can't remember his last name, but but that's 
That line yeah. was from Seinfeld. One, one cylinder, one for each for me, one for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I love those cars. You know, they used to run 24-hour races for those cars over in Europe. Um, there was a, a car show, you know, out in the church parking lot here in Atlanta where I met a guy who had a, a Ducheveau. You talk about one cylinder for the driver, one for the passenger. He had an engine for the driver and an engine for the passenger. It was a twin-engine <laughs> Ducheveau. And so, you know, you see maybe one here and there around the country. My wife and I lived in Paris for about six months back in 2018. And I was walking through the city one day and I came upon this, this tour launch point. And it was a tour that took you around Paris in Duchevaux. And there was like 30 of them all lined up by the curb, all shiny and looking great. And I thought, damn, <laughs> what would it take for me to stick one of those in my pocket? And, <laughs> yeah. Wander off. <laughs> the guy, the comedian that Seinfeld on had on was uh uh let's see, it's Gad Elmaleh, I think it's something like that. But he he said in France those cars they were uh they were like driven by nuns. He said that was the the joke because they were super <laughs> practical and you know, two cylinders, but but anyway, that's the history of that car. Didn't uh well yeah, you know, it was all Porsworth stuff, they didn't have materials, they didn't have fuel, yada yada yada. Didn't uh, Peter Sellers drive one in one of the... Uh, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I think I, he did, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know that, but that sounds about right for Inspector Clouseau. That would be just the car to drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I want one. I want one. Hey, guys, let's talk a little bit of uh, Formula One and motorsports. Let's start with a story that's a crossover between Formula One and IndyCar. And, Bob, I thought about you about when I saw this story because of your your jurisprudence jurisprudence background but uh, <laughs> because of prudential Ale yeah uh alex Pillow uh is back in the back oh, in the silly season news this is crazy bob it's absolutely crazy now i don't know all the ins and outs so who am i to judge but for alex Pillow to sign two contracts with two different teams twice <laughs> Is, is just mind-boggling to me. Um, I thought it was crazy uh, when, oh, God, who was the Formula One driver who did it? I can't remember now. Uh, oh, John Alacy. Yes. yes, Ferrari he did. and yeah. Williams one year. Yeah, but uh, this is nuts. I'll tell you a story. Um, I was leaving the Formula E race at Berlin years and years ago, uh, and the Mexican driver, Esteban Gutierrez. See had just announced he was walking away from his Formula E ride. And I was in a car going back to the hotel with Dario Franchitti, my colleague, uh, and his manager, Julian Jacoby. Yes. Who is perhaps <laughs> the most influential um, um, and respected manager in motorsports. He played a role with Senna I, at one point, didn't he, I think? Oh, yeah. Senna, Prost, you name it. He's got this yeah. litany of, of great driver clients. And I said to him, you know, this news about Gutierrez, what's going on? And he just looked at me and shook his head. And he said, the kid is destroying his own career. Mm -hmm. You cannot walk away from a contract and expect to, you know, have any kind of a career. Mm -hmm. And thus it's kind of been for Esteban, who is a good kid. But I think he just got bad information. And somehow I get the sense that that's what's happening with Alex Pillow, who did the deal with Ganassi and with McLaren. And now he's turned away from McLaren and everybody's mad and everybody's suing. Uh, and his, his management, original yeah. management team, right. Was it Monaco increase yep. management said, 
we're out. I don't know what he's doing. It, this is crazy. Um, good luck, pal. We're gone. So, Bob, so his previous manager, a guy named Roger Yasakawa, is picking him up. But huh. Bob, can, you, can, can you confirm with me in the audience what I think is the correct procedure, which is he was due to drive with Ganassi this year with a view to going to McLaren in 24. That was what every all parties believed, and that that is what was negotiated by his Monaco um uh, management team, but he's been going pretty well in Ganassi and now has changed his mind and wants to stay yep. at Ganassi. And quite rightly, Zach Brown is hang on a minute, he's been doing our testing program and we were going to get him, you know, they gave him McLaren, money too, and they gave him money too. They gave him an advance on his salary, yeah, and obviously Actually, gave him the testing program. Deal, yeah, he signed a contract with McLaren for 2023. Ganassi objected, negotiating yep. took place. Okay, Ganassi can keep him for 2023. We as McLaren get him in 2024. And now, as you say, he's he's killing everybody in 2023. He's probably going to win another championship. Apparently, Ganassi has offered him a very unchip-like contract offer of you know eye-popping salary. Hmm. Well, um, all right. So I don't know if it's just youthful exuberance. Or bad advice. Well, well, let me ask. The, let me ask about the elephant in the room, then. Um, or, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you said about Esteban, and it could be the same for Polo here. But um, with Piastri and um, Norris, where where's the exactly. room for Alex? And, and I mean, I he thinking. must be looking at this, going, "Well, Piastri really is the real deal, and has proved it. Yes. Norris is no got, not going anywhere. So, what? Where would if Alex did? Uh, fulfill that contract for 424 he would let literally get maybe the odd friday drive right yep yep he was lined up for three friday drives as i recall plus the whole mclaren you know old car testing program that he was going to do with piastri um i think and i don't know again but i i think the idea was he would sign for mclaren counting on the fact that either lando or piastri would clear space for him. Either Piastri Ooh, huh. would fall on his face or Lando would be picked up by another team should a Hamilton Lewis or... Hamilton should a right should a uh, you know it, it Red Bull want to replace Sergio yeah. uh, and so yeah. on that there would be a place for him with a good team. Well, I'm starting to think that clear... Alex's Pelot's got it right. <laughs> In what way? In, in that in that is his best option is to stay is to on a stay. decent salary well, at oh Ganassi. Yeah, no question. Well, okay, no so think about, about it. it. Think about it, guys. He's going to win this championship for the first time since oh, yeah. a, over a decade before <laughs> the, the end of the season, right? Before That's the final it, race. his second championship. Oh, yeah. Right. And, no question and, about it. And so the highest paid IndyCar drivers are around $6.5 I think it's Herta and Scott Dixon are yep. around $6.5 bucks. Yeah, you know, to get to that kind of level in Formula One, you're going to be top ten. Mm -hmm. Now, not including you know endorsements and all that other stuff, but salary. Yeah, you're yeah. you're top ten to get to close to you know above five million bucks, and so he probably is smarter just financially to stay. You know, from a career standpoint, you you, yeah. may, you can always say, oh, I you know I missed that. I didn't go to Formula One." But there's it's so hard. You can be the best of the best and still look. We Alonso had trouble finding the right seat. We've seen ah, that's it before. Been the drawback over over. of why he's only yeah. got two titles. Yep. I would argue is that he but, has not. You know, been the reality, smart. the reality, the cold shower is you can't do a deal and then get down the road and say yes. You know what? That didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. So I'm done. I'm not going to honor the contract. 
now. So now I think what's going to happen is they're going to go back and sort of unwind the whole thing and say, okay, Chip has already said, Alex has always been contracted to us. And I don't know what the length of the Ganassi contract was, but obviously another year or two, I would think. Uh, and then, you know, McLaren, if it is decided that Ganassi's contract was valid, then McLaren's contract couldn't be. And so, you know, the, the whole thing kind of collapses on itself. Um, hmm. It's going to cost Alex Pillow a lot of money. He's and, a 26 you know, and, year old. and the sad thing is, yeah, it might hurt the career of an obviously very right. talented guy. Yeah. And that's, I still that's think he's young enough to for 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 people to vie on his talents um, to bring them. Oh you yeah. Know. I, I also think that if I want to connect the dots and correct me if you don't agree, um, that the emergence of returning Ricardo with a possibility of now taking Perez's uh, seat has changed has been part of the of that process in Pelot's mind or management's mind. Um, that 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 sort of what you said that shift of somebody like Norris or Piastri being picked up as Verstappen's next teammate, and now Ricardo being in the picture potentially. Gosh, done one race, uh, but you know, um, I, I think that's yeah, all right. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. No, uh, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get our last break in really quick, and we'll be back with your Sunday night with Speed City. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at velocity underscore RD. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
Hi, this is Karun Chandok and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we were continuing. If you don't know, we, we continue during the breaks on YouTube if you're listening on the radio. But, uh, Bob, you were talking about a, a pre-contract. That sounds kind of like uh, you're pre-pregnant. What, what exactly is a pre-contract? <laughs> well, it's a device that's been used before in Formula One, and it's another way of securing a driver's future. Um, and it's just what it sounds like. It's <laughs> sort of an agreement that the parties will come together if certain things happen. Um, and those could be any number of different things. Uh, a rumor flew recently that Carlos Sainz, um, of whom we've heard a lot with regard to the, uh, you know, the bruised feelings at Ferrari, if that's yeah. the case, Charles Leclerc has said, no, it's all blown out of proportion. But I'm not sure Carlos Sainz is as happy uh, as he could be at Ferrari. He's already said Who Ferrari can expect not to be on the podium unless they take a step up. So he's he's putting the lash to the team. But if, in fact, he has signed a pre-contract with another team, doesn't mean he's committed to them unless a certain number of things happen. And, you know, that's lawyers being creative, I suppose. And that's something that Alex Palou, I think, could have done if he wanted to sort of cover his bases, you know, I, I, I want to be in this team at that time, if everything goes well, yada, yada, yada. His Ganassi contract has to end at some point, unless he just decides to sweep everything away in front of him and, and do another deal with Chip. Um, or he could structure his future without signing a contract says, I'm definitely going here on this date and so on. It's <laughs> I think it could have been handled differently. And again, it all comes back to the fact that I think, you know, this great talent is being poorly advised. Poorly advised, right, yeah. exactly. And and this company, Monaco Increase Management, they released a statement. They they are pretty much doing what we're talking about. They're saying, you have scorched earth. and Because the statement says, Monaco Increase Management is bitterly disappointed to learn about Alex Palou's decision to break an existing agreement with McLaren and beyond. I mean, they they basically came out and threw him under the bus and said, "If you're another management company, and that you know, this is what this kid does." Mm -hmm. So I have that, to say though, that implies that he did it without that knowledge informing his management. Yes, exactly. Yes, I have to say though, the the one true thing about motor racing is if you <laughs> are the champion of Indy, <laughs> you, you've got a lot more ducks on the table than most. Uh, and if you are you a two-time champion, yeah, exactly. If you're a two-time champion of Indy, then even better. So, I think uh, I think he, I don't think he's going anywhere. I I, I don't think he's going to be not in the limelight. Hey, before we go into some more F1 stories, I wanted to pivot back because sports cars. We're talking about them all for half the show, but uh, we have a tie-in with Formula One because Coda announced that they are. If you're in the area, and this is probably. I don't care where I lived if I was in the United States and I had a cool muscle car. They're looking for cars to put into the driver's parade in here, here in Austin. So if you have a cool muscle car, uh, 1-800-CODA. No, I don't know what the phone number is. They, they <laughs> reach out to them on whatever, on their website probably, because they've got a post about it. Uh, what do they say? Oh, it says driversparade at the circuit.com. They said, send your submissions. 
today. Can I borrow says, your car, John? <laughs> well, <laughs> they're actually looking for 1960s and 70s convertibles because so the so drivers can sit on the back, obviously. I have to say, one thing Coda might consider in the future, and this is just throwing it out there, but with the money and the amount of uh, historic cars just in Texas alone, you could have an amazing festival oh, yeah. of cars. Oh, oh, yeah. You don't have no to leave much. Austin to, to fill this entire yeah. 20, 20 cars, 20 muscle but, cars from the 60s and 70s. I know, I know one building where you could do yes, that exactly. in North Austin. Yeah, we both do. <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be fun if you know, one of us involved with the radio show could be driving you know, the driver parade car, and we're talking with Lewis, or we're talking with Fernando, or we're talking <laughs> yeah. with whoever it is. So what do you think? <laughs> I like, be, that would be cool. I like your thinking, Bob. I'll put you forward for it, Bob. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What other what other Formula One stories we got in here? Um, Jonathan, um, did we talk about the DRS possible DRS band last week. I saved that. Story. Yeah, we did. We we uh, well, we, okay. we, we touched upon it, but Bob wasn't here. So I I, I really respect getting his yeah, take Yeah, get on his it. take on it because this is your baby. You, you're you really wanting this to happen. Because they're talking about, <laughs> well, first of all, Bob, that uh, you know I've been banging on about I'm fed up with DRS because the whole idea of changing the cars to have the more downforce and all the rest of it and, and ev- all the rule changes that were put in were to make the racing closer. And that has happened. But the DRS is still there, and I'm still now starting to think whether we actually really need it. Uh, And this story, which pricked my interest, was the fact that they were going to get rid of it for qualifying. Uh, And we then went into a discussion um, about whether, okay, well, do we we look towards curtailing it at least, where you're only, let's say, allowed to use it, a bit like the Indie Boost, only 10 times, for example, or... Um, you know, over a period of a Grand Prix and you save it for when you need it or you save it to get away from the guy chasing you. Uh, And then it becomes a tactical situation Um, rather than this sort of what I would call pedestrian. Well, I'm not going to overtake you here because you're just going to overtake me in the next DRS zone, (laughs) Um, which I feel is starting to become part of of modern Formula One. And, And I just think that the whole point was to get the cars closer together Give them a chance to race closer and take opportunity to pass. And I just think that DRS has had its day. That's a very plausible opinion. Uh, I know uh, Graham Rahal was particularly uh, caustic about the DRS. He much prefers the push to pass to have an Indy car, but I think there may be other motivations there as well. <clears throat> I saw an interesting suggestion on, on the social media. Someone said, well, let's, let's flip the script. How about if you can use your DRS until you get to the back of the car within one second that you want to pass, then you lose it. Right. That goes back to the original goal of DRS, that it wasn't to pass. Right. It was, it to, was to, to get close closer. it up. Yeah, to close right. the gap. See, I'd be happier with that. That was intriguing. Yeah, I'd be happier with that. Hmm. I'm thinking, I like that idea, actually. I, I, obviously, I like both of them. I'm thinking... I. I don't know. I, I think right now, instinctively, I like the limitation because it is kind of cool to, to it adds a bit of strategy hmm. to how much, you know, push to pass and Indy you have left or if you had an X amount left, whether it was number of times or amount of seconds with the DRS open. So I don't know. I mean, either way, it's I, I, I do like something, though. I think we should do something. And I think there's there's something that, you know, that uh, that could be done to make it more exciting because it's it's really well it's not right now. 
I kind of fall more into the purest category, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, I think there's a real danger in assisting people who haven't done as good a job as the guys they're chasing. You know, it, it's it's as simple as that. Yeah, to me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're supposed to build a competitive car. And, you know, if you weren't able to do it, well, get used to finishing last 14th. Yeah. Right. Um, I agree. It's. I don't think you can artificially close things up. And and that's uh, the word, without... isn't it? It's artificial. Yeah. artificial. We call it yep. motor racing. It, we don't artificial. call it. Yeah. We don't call it exciting things that happen. <laughs> right. No, you go right. I'm going to start a new series that's called that. Exciting <laughs> things that can happen. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, bubble. You know, I'm, I'm. <laughs> sort of guilty of it, but you know, Crofty's going, Oh, and it's a great overtake, and you know, well, that's his job, but but, but you're I know right. it's his it's job, artificial. But, you're but, right. but you look at some of those that, overtakes and you go, Really, was that, was that really that <laughs> exciting? Because it wasn't, yeah. it was just a DRS right. move, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not blaming Crofty because that's his job, but <laughs> hey, so yep. speaking of artificial things, uh-huh. uh huh, my the next story I wanted to talk about was Bobby Epstein was interviewed by the folks at um, motorsport.com. And they were talking about the glitz and glamour of Miami and Vegas. Uh-huh. And, you know, everybody's come full circle with Coda now, it feels like. Yeah. Because now Coda is the purest. Coda is the real racing. Coda is yeah. the the iconic. It seems crazy. What are you the- saying? We got no glitz and glamour? <laughs> well, not compared to Austin Vegas, Texas, for sure. Baby. Come on, Austin, Texas, baby. And, and, we got all right, all right, all right. But yeah, Bobby was, uh, there's a couple of quotes in this motorsport.com story. He said, um, he said, we don't need to change our recipe. It's really working. Mm-hmm. And he's right yeah. now, 440,000 last year and 400,000 the year before that. Of course, I think right that? now, you, those two years, you could have had a Formula One race just about anywhere and you could have, but, but that's not to take anything away from Coda because they have the last two yes. years, they have figured it all out. Everything, every yeah. complaint, whatever. And I would argue that whatever happens in the next 20 years, Cota has managed to create its own Watkins Glen. And what I mean by that is that Watkins drivers love going, used to love going to what still do, but for Formula One, love to go to Watkins Glen because it was a great race course. Yeah. Um, and I think Cota has that going for it, both on two and four wheels. And and that is why, it, that's its secret source, really. And of course, Austin's a great town, don't get me wrong. But what I'm getting at is... It doesn't need to suddenly do something artificial like create a glamour and a you know have a prize with diamonds and a Red Bull party that's like no other or put fake yachts and in Ladybird Lake, whatever. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it's got something special and it's the track itself. Yeah. And this article's really I good. agree. He, he, he yeah, ta- I think uh Go ahead, Bobby Bob. has a long term vision. Bobby has a long term vision, and I think it uh, as it plays out, we'll see that that he does know what he's doing, or he's getting great advice uh, from people who know how to do this. Austin, I don't need to tell you guys, is yeah. very distinctive from Miami, from Las Vegas. Mm. So, you know. Uh, and it has you know, none of the pretense be. of those two places. Right, exactly. We're not we're not building anything. We, you're, what you see is what you get. And that includes a concert with Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift. Or, or Queen Taylor and the Killers. When do we get Aerosmith? I want to see Aerosmith. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> By the way, uh, talking of good advice, uh, uh, tip my hat again to Bobby Epstein for employing Andy Suchek. Not somebody I would have immediately picked out of a hat 
uh, as a motorsport yeah, a director. Of, uh, but yeah. What, yeah. when you know his career and you know who he knows and who he goes out to play with of a weekend, i.e. in WEC, um, because he's still very much involved in sports yep. car racing and motor racing, brilliant choice to be at Coda. And Bobby says, by the way, be careful. Uh, let me go back to this article. Bobby says, uh, I was listening to a podcast, he says, <laughs> and he said, all they mentioned was Vegas and Miami. I hope that wasn't us. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it would be. No, I don't think it would be either. And by the way, you can no, hear I every think... radio show we do as a podcast <laughs> on your on, favorite man. podcast. Look at my shirt. <laughs> I know. We both have Coda shirts on tonight. Yeah. Austin's got, you know, the best possible uh, offering for that weekend, and that's Austin itself. I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, you know, Vegas sure and Miami. Vegas is great. Yeah. Yeah, and Miami is great, but it, they're not Austin. Austin's got, uh, it's special too, I would say that. So, yeah. yeah, and it's funny, you spent a lot of the opening years sort of going to, you know, asking waiters or, or wherever yeah. we were in Austin because you wanted your town to know about this new thing. But the truth is, yeah. that actually doesn't matter. Look at the yeah. journalists that stay here for three days before going to Mexico because they want to be here. They want to get barbecue. They want to hang out. All right, boys, yeah. we're, we are out of time. Uh, thanks everybody what? for tuning in. We're back to Formula One. I know this hour flew by. We're back to Formula One this weekend, and so we'll start on Saturday. But go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and check out all the ways to watch and listen and all that. And, of course, uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and, I don't know, maybe some other ones. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next weekend. Happy trails. Cheers. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.